Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And this is episode 98, featuring two films that could not be paired better together, The Menu and Tar. Yes. I'm eager to dive into both these, and it's good that we're doing them together. <laughs> I agree. So how you been, Adam? Good. We are in the middle of the holidays. I mean, yes, Christmas is right around the corner. Probably while people are listening to this, you will actually be in Texas. Yes. <laughs> Visiting for the holiday season. The plane is warming up for my departure. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's exciting to be at this stage of the, the film season because we've got screeners and screener links and and gift packages showing up at the house and DVDs to watch and Blu-rays. You know, I've noticed this year, a lot of our screeners are Blu-rays. Which is nice because... They're actually stepping their game up a little bit. There's just some films that it feels criminal to watch on a DVD in, in 480p progressive. I could not agree more with you, my friend. But... If somebody's listening to the film Coterie, they're just off for the holidays and Google searching. They're like, what is this film Coterie? Coterie. What are we, Adam? We are a podcast about all movies. We don't focus on any specific genre or niche. We each have our own interests. Uh, and we just love going to the movies. And we want to drive you, direct you towards films you may love. Yes. Yeah. The, you know, the, we ne we don't like to review a bad film because we want people to go to films. You know, we're not like, let's just rip a film to rip a film, you know. We want you to enjoy film and go to the movies and experience them. And uh, we could not be a niche podcast because if it was, if we were actually a niche podcast, it would be the Horror Feel Good podcast. <laughs> right. Because you're all about horror films and I'm all about films that inspire and make you feel good. <laughs> But it's just important that if we can curate anything for you in this time, it, it's it's got to be a benefit for you because yes. there's so much content. It's overwhelming at night to turn on your TV and figure out which of the nine streaming platforms you're going to turn on. So if you hear us talk about a movie and you say, that sounds interesting, or I think I would like that movie, then we're hopefully doing you a service and, and driving you towards something that you're really going to enjoy. And both the films on our lineup tonight fit that bill perfectly. Mm -hmm. We're going to start with the menu, and uh, we're going to get into it. And then on the back half, we're going to talk about tar. Um, many of you listening to this podcast may have never heard of either of these films. Right. But as we get closer to award season... You're going to be thankful you listen to the film coterie because you're going to be like, oh, yeah, Roger and Adam talked about those films. And, uh, you know, they had some pretty interesting things to say, hopefully. And uh, you won't be caught in the dark because when award season begins to roll, roll around, you're going to hear the menu and tar mentioned. Yes. Okay. S shall we just jump right into the menu? Sounds good to me. Why don't we try to take a little listen in to the trailer and then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna jump into we're gonna dive into this mini coursed meal called the menu. You're listening to the film coterie. Good evening. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Hawthorne. I'm Julian Slowick, and tonight it'll be our pleasure to feed you. The curtain rises. Over the next few hours, you will ingest fat, salt, sugar, protein, bacteria, fungi, 
various plants and animals, and at times entire ecosystems. But I have to beg of you one thing, it's just one. Do not eat. Taste, savor, relish. Consider every morsel that you place inside your mouth. Be mindful, but do not eat. Our menu is too precious for that. And look around you. Here we are, on this island. Accept, accept all of it. And forgive. And on that note, food. All right, and we're back, and that was a little listen in on the menu. The menu is a, well, it is a, what a dark comedy horror film. Um, it stars Ralph Fiennes and Anya Taylor Joy, um, and it's worth watching. It's I'm just gonna say it. It is one of the most engaging films that I have watched this year. Um, I loved every beat of this film, and the general premise of this film is. There is an island that has this super high-end, chic, super tailored restaurant that this incredible chef, played by Ralph Fiennes, goes that, that he runs this. And it, we're talking like it's above Michelin stars. This is the elite of the elite of the elite. And only, only about 20 people can even fit in this restaurant. And, and it's about a trip to this restaurant one evening for a meal where some crazy things are going to happen. What else would you say, Adam, about the menu? It is built like a whodunit without the murders um, because you have all these guests. This is an invitation-only dinner. There's something nefarious in the air. And as the guest, just like you as a viewer... Is this real? Is this manufactured? Is this part of the experience? Yep. You are discovering it along with the diners of what is going on this night. Um, I would recommend checking out the trailer. Um, it gives you a good feel for the movie and whether or not you think you might like it. But this type of dining experience really does exist. There are these high-end, strange restaurants in the middle of nowhere where it's a mix of food and experience. Right. But what if it was dangerous? It's yes. sort of what the menu puts out there. And the twist here in the film is that we have all these guests. They don't know why they're invited. They don't know if there's connections between them and the chef. And there's one outlier is Anya Taylor-Joy's character was a last-minute substitution. Yeah. She, was she, not, doesn't, she was not supposed to be on the list. She's not on the list. The staff don't know why she's there. She doesn't know what's going on. So we get to experience this through mm -hmm. her character. Yeah. No, Roger and I, we both use Letterboxd. It's a convenient way to track our movies, and it just has sort of a five-star system. You and I don't have an official rating system, so we kind of rely on this. Yeah. After I saw this movie, this was an easy five stars for me. Because that, that's high praise right there. I'm just going to say it. I didn't have any nitpicks. I think this film took its theme, applied it well, great pacing. This is an under-two-hour movie. And it sticks the landing. You know, there, there's nothing I can pull apart here. I think for this type of movie, it did everything well or better than you could possibly imagine. I, I agree with you. I think I landed at four and a half stars. 
Um, and I think really the only knock for me, and it's not even really a knock. I just thought some of, I just didn't jive with some of the other restaurantees, the, the other attendees, a couple of them were annoying to me sure. and, and I thought their performances were a little thin, but that's just nitpicking because honestly, I mean, this is an incredible performance by Ralph Fiennes as the head chef. It's a, an incredible performance by Anya Taylor-Joy as the unexpected guest. There's revelations that occur. It, it is a dinner that is has a theme to it, and we, di- and we discover that theme as it goes along. And what the thing I love the best about this film, if it was just straight horror, it would be like they hold all the horror to the last act or the last fourth of this film, right? And then they just like, you know, it's kind of this slow, creeping, suspenseful build to something's really wrong. Dude, they, like the second course, <laughs> they're, they blow the, the you know yep. that nobody is getting off this island if they can help it. And it's like, oh my goodness. Now we're and we've got all these courses left to go. And it's so engaging. It pulls you in. The music is it is perfectly matched. The score is perfect for what's going on. The location, the sets. I, I mean, it's filmed beautifully. You go, you're in this island that is tiny little island. When they first show you the island, it doesn't look like it's more than 10, 12 acres, maybe 20 acres tops. But yet they it, that's intentional. It, it, they're confining you to the space where there's maybe two, three buildings on the whole island, you know. Um, uh, I, 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 so many accolades I could give this film. One of the best films I've seen this year absolutely will probably be in my top 10. Um, and, and I just love, I just love this. They took something that I, that I, I can't even, I mean, I'm a foodie. I love to cook and all those kind of things, but this is food on a whole nother level that I don't even really understand. And they made it really simplistic for me to follow along in the ride and poke fun at it and, and laugh at it and question some of it. And then yet at the same time, be very reverent about what food can do for you, you know, prepared properly. Yeah. And this is why we wanted to review it with tar. This is taking the approach food is art. This chef is a master at what he does and it examines his relationship to his art, to his audience being right. the attendees. And it's very clever in what it does. And the most important thing here, because these movies that are built around an experience can, can fall apart at the ending. This one nails the ending. There's nails no it. sudden twist that changes everything. I couldn't have been more happy with the ending because I was getting worried that, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to say any of the no, fake I, endings. No, it doesn't yeah, try yeah. to fake you yeah. out. Yeah, it nails it. Yeah. Perfect ending. Yep. I, I, here's how I would say it: They earned the ending. Yes. The ending earned itself. You know, logically, you buy into yeah. This this was the ending that was deserved. You right. know, um, and and I, I'm just you know I, I, the less I. The less I tell you about what's in the film, the better you'll be going in to watch it. It's going to surprise you. You're going to get surprised and, and you're going to get shocked and you're going to be like, oh, okay. And then you're going to laugh at times you shouldn't, you, you wouldn't expect yourself to laugh, you know? Um, the supporting cast is great. The other diners are great. All walks of life and success 
certain all all levels of success panoramically are represented in the other guests. It's just so good. So, this is such a great film. Yep, and like I said, it, it it feels like a whodunit. It feels like a mystery. If if those genres appeal to you, I I think you definitely need to check out the menu. Yep, just watch the trailer, check it out, and uh, you're going to see it start to be mentioned. If it's not mentioned a lot toward the end of the end of the award season, I don't know. I don't I don't know what's going on in the world because it is a fabulous film. I I agree completely. All right. Well, that is the menu. When we come back, we're going to stay in the vein of high society, art, culture at its highest level um, when we talk about tar. You're listening to The Film Coterie. Time is the thing. Time is is the essential piece of uh, interpretation. You cannot start without me. See, I start the clock. Now, my left hand, it shapes, but my right hand, the second hand, marks time and moves it forward. However, unlike a clock, sometimes my second hand stops, which means that time stops. Now, the illusion is that, like you, I'm responding to the orchestra in real right. time, making right. the decision about the right moment to restart the thing or reset it or throw time out the window altogether. The reality is that right from the very beginning, I know precisely what time really? it is and the exact moment that you and I will arrive at our destination together. All right, we are back and we are discussing Tar. T-A-R. Yep. This is a film not about a real person, but you would believe it was about a real person, the way it's set up. It sort of has a based-on-real-events type feel. Uh, stars Kate Blanchett as Tar, this world-renowned conductor who is on the verge of completing a masterwork. She's done four of these symphonies. She's getting ready to record the fifth and final. This is sort of a capstone to her career when everything starts unraveling. We, we learn more about her as the movie progresses. We learn that she may be a Weinstein-type abuser that's abused these younger conductor, female conductors under her. One of them has committed suicide. She's getting canceled in real time. I think this movie couldn't have been made if we weren't in this era. We now have this new understanding of how swift these people in, in high positions can fall. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, this is unraveling in real time with these allegations oh, yeah. coming out. And just when she thought this capstone to her career was in reach, the rug has been pulled out. And it, it turns into, we'll discuss this a little bit more later, but almost a horror movie in what's happening to her. So, so thinking about this film, I, I, it's almost like, I don't know if I'm doing you a service or disservice by telling you that Lydia Tarr is not a real person, right? Right. Because when I watch this, I, I'm under the impression the whole time that she is a real conductor. This is a biopic, you know, a biopic. And, and I'm watching this and I'm thinking, man, you know, um, first of all, there's so much great film craft in this movie. Shot beautifully. Kate Blanchett, incredible performance. Um, the, 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 the music and the score, classical music is used throughout. Harsh music themes, lines, all this stuff. Um, 
there's just so much great in this film that I absolutely don't like the movie as a whole. Right. And I got, I, I literally fought the desire to turn this thing off. We're 30 minutes into the 32 minutes and like 18 seconds was the actual mark where I started to click on the screener and turn it off. And I'm like, this is a talkie. These are pretentious people, pretentious, self-indulgent people talking about something I have no idea what they're talking about. And, and, and they're using German German influences and people and mentioning people just so casually like that's just their like like if I was describing how to make a pizza pie or something right and and it's just like a world I can't even relate to and it's just we're not going anywhere they're just we're just following this conductor around and I was like I've got to turn this thing off this is just the worst thing I've seen in forever you know but I'm like, no, I'm hanging in there. And it does start to turn. And then you see her life unravel. And I'm like, and the whole time I'm thinking, I cannot wait till this film's over. I'm going to go to the Wikipedia page. I want to find out that I got to see what this person really was like. You know, what's all the real dirt besides what they. And then I discover she's not, she's a fictitious person that doesn't even exist, you know? And, and the reason Roger's describing this is that the director may have pulled this off as a trick. This really feels like any other movie you've seen based on a real person. Yeah. You know, so that's why everyone's going to think well, that she might have been real. I think that's probably the most common Google search after this is what happened to Lydia Tarr. Yeah. Who is Lydia Tarr? Yeah. And, and, you know, I guess part of that made me... And here's the thing. It, it, I think Todd Fields or somebody was the director for this. If that was his intention, he succeeded in, mm-hmm. in invoking emotion from me, right? So I think in his mind... He did what he wanted to do, and we'll get into this in just a minute. I think there's a lot more layers going on that I even realized was happening with this film. <laughs> None of us y- did, <laughs> you know. But 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 it's like I I I was just like, there's no there's no payoff for the audience at the end, you know. There's no resolution. We see her life fall apart, but did I even really care? Yeah, I mean, you know, and so. For me, this was just this movie was just not for me at all, at least on my initial first watch. And I'm going to be hard pressed to want to do a second watch of it. So I'm more positive on this than Roger. Um, this <laughs> yeah. is an art house film because, man, you put any mainstream audience in a room with this, it's an ugly movie, not in terms of how it looks. Just subject matter and tone and everything else. Oh yeah, it's and they would give it a D. And dark. They and... give it an F. They'd hate this film, <laughs> and, and the film is very complicated because I I just love the debate around it. Um, people are wondering: Is this movie trying to give her a free pass for doing these horrible things, or is the movie trying to hold her to account that she's abused these women? There's so many questions that the movie does not want to provide easy answers yeah, for. It doesn't. Kate Blanchett, you're going to see her nominated, guaranteed. It's a great performance. She does great performances, but this is a standout performance for her. Yep. Um, I, I wonder, too, if we're going to see some screenplay nominations out of this, because this is one of the more complex screenplays of the year um, in terms of what it's lifting, what it's trying to accomplish. And again, definitely not populist entertainment like we described Avatar and some of these other movies. This is a movie that wants you to dive in and look at it. This is subtext doesn't even begin to describe what's going on here. This is a complex film. No, I agree. And I want you to watch the movie if you want to watch it. Um, but you'll have to look up this article. It came out on Slate. If you just Google 
um, the movie Tar, and then what if critics are watching it wrong? The author of this article pointed out a lot of things I didn't notice in that in sort of a mind-blowing way that this might actually be a ghost story. I know. I, that's the only... The, I, I actually kind of might want to watch it again, but it's three hours long or two hours and 37 minutes or something. It's a long film, and now it, oh. it's on the top of my pile to rewatch now after award season because I've seen the screenshots. I know there's ghosts in the apartment. You know, maybe if you just invite me over, we can we can have a beer... Is this movie more The Shining than we ever imagined? Exactly, because yes. I did notice parts of this. The third act takes some turns where the first two acts are real. But the third act, after this, this venture to a basement and to maybe, I'm using quotes here, hell. Right. There are things that where... Well, there are some fantastical feels that come with this on the last that last third. The last third had things happen that couldn't be coincidences. right. You know, more magical realism or whatever you want to throw out. Something yeah. is more hyper-realistic in that third act. Um, the whole tone of the film changes. Right. So, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack in Tar, and, and it's interesting. <laughs> I, I think you have to read that article. There's, there's definitely layers upon layers upon layers. And whether it's the director's fault or not, whether we missed that, or is it really just really designed for a few people to have noticed and right. analyzed. Tar is not a single viewing experience. It's it's a movie that's meant to be gnawed on, thought upon, thought upon, analyzed. And if you like that kind of movie, Tar might be for you. I know yeah. I know a lot of critic friends are mixed on it, where some are really positive, Roger, you had a more negative reaction. I'm middle of the road on it. Um, I would lean positive towards negative. But now I, I really want to revisit it, and I, I think my opinion could change again. Whether it's more negative or more positive, I don't know. But uh, Tar, well, the, the, it, the, it yeah. sinks into you. It's an, it, it doesn't just let you go. The performances are excellent. Like you said, Kate Blanchett, if she wins an Oscar for, for, for acting in this, I won't even shake my head. I won't even be surprised, right? Performance, her performance is stellar. Um. But it's hard. It's a this movie is hard to watch at times because she is so. It, it's almost like she is her emotions. How do I even describe it? Her emotions have been turned off. It's like she does not understand that she is literally hurting people. She's a monster. She's a monster Correct. in the way she communicates to people. But yet she has such an inward passion for the music. And it moves her, and, and and she connects with it on almost a spiritual level, and, and that's communicated very well in the film. But, her path. But she is evil at times. Her path, she doesn't care how many bodies are strewn behind her. No. There's nothing that's going to stop her from reaching her goals, whatever they may be. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, At times, it's just... And there's just a lot of talk about people. I have no idea what they're talking about. And you know, you know, with this director, your reaction may be the correct one. He may have thought, "I want people to hate this movie, or not like it." That's the point. You know, you know, we're debating all this stuff about it. So, well, you know, and so you know, we book in this with the menu, and then we have Tar, right? And we talked about how with with the menu. It's food on a level I can't really understand the thought process and the attention to detail that goes behind it. 
but yet I, I was along for that ride instantly and resonated and connected with that passion, right? Whereas with Tar, it's the same. It's music at a level I can't even really understand and appreciate maybe fully, but I just could not connect with it at all. You know, I just, oh. Well, I there's just... a common thread between the two. They're both masters in their field. Right, yes. They're at the peak. They're at the pinnacle. Yeah. And then what do they do from there? Are they going to burn it all down? Are they going to coast off and, and just vanish? Well, one film has a glorious finale to it, and the other film is Tar. <laughs> and that's, yeah. I mean, tar, it, I mean, you know, it, I don't want to give stuff away, but it, it just kind of like, guess what? The bad apple just shows up again, and she's continuing on, and, you know, uh, let me get to the Wikipedia page to find out if she went to prison or not or whatever, you know, and she's a fictitious character. Oh, that just drives me nuts. But and again, but it is such good filmmaking cause it's so hyper realism. I mean, there's not the world, but yet then it goes into all of these. Is this a metaphorical, you know, did she go down into hell and is this disintegration of her character? And is this really going on just inside of her thought process? And is this a gothic ghost revenge tale? Oh, God. <laughs> right? Is that the thing we've all missed? I, know. I, I don't know. Oh. I haven't had an article blow my mind like that in a long time. But what if we go back and it's not? Then that would make me even matter. <laughs> I'll hate this film. Not that I hate it. I don't. And that, hate my it. friend, is art. <laughs> that is art, right? It's. I don't hate the film. It's just it did evoke a. Why am I watching right. this film? Why am I? What? Just turn it off, Roger. But I couldn't. I couldn't turn it off. I'm on this stupid journey, and I got to go to the end, and then I find out there's no payout at the end. Well, what's? It's always funny to me as I talk to my parents, and they always ask, you know, what should we watch? What have you seen lately that's good? And I was just describing movies, and I mentioned Tar, and they said, was that a good movie? I said, yes, but you would hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's also not designed for you. Not designed for maybe anybody, but I just know my parents, among other people, probably have a very strong negative reaction, even more so than yours. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Adam? A couple good films again this week. Yeah, we're in that time of the year. And we are near the end of the year. And if not the next episode, the next couple is going to be our end of the year big show where we review our top 10 films from 2022. It's been quite the year. And I'll say this, like, I'm sure Roger's doing the same thing with our Letterboxd. I'm moving stuff to a best of list. I'm doing my short list with, from which I'm going to somehow walk into a cave and come out with the top 10. That That process is always tough. But it's hard to believe this is the same year where we also got the Batman and the Northman in March. Yeah. You know, that feels so long ago, but that was all this year. It's going to, it's the process of picking 10, a top 10 is going to be very challenging this year because, man, I love Top Gun and it's the most populous film I've ever, you know? So, but is it really worthy of a top 10 film? Well, yeah, but no, you know, it's not a great film. But yeah, I loved it. It's one of the be- one of the best experiences at the th- you know. It's and one and of those... same with Avatar from our last week oh, episode. Yeah. So Avatar. you'd almost have to do two different lists. These are the films that I think are the ten best, and then these may be the ten best experiences I yeah. had. Yeah, because they're different. We might have to do that because there's a lot. Like I loved Batman, loved that film. 
oh, it's great. And I've watched it since it's come on video on demand. I've watched it a second time and it holds up. It's so good. But is it really a great film that needs to be on my top 10? You know, <laughs> I don't know. Right. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just glad we've done another year of the film coterie and there's still great films we're talking about. And this year really stands up because I looked back the last year where I had really tough decisions was 2019. When I look at that list, that was an incredible year for films. Wow. The last two years, 2020, 2021 Eh. was impacted by the pandemic. Yeah. I look at my top 10 lists and there's nothing there I truly love. Right. Those were okay. This year is super strong. Oh yeah. I will say that. I've noticed a big difference. We're finally getting movies like Top Gun has been held for three years. Yeah. You know, the the pipeline is finally open again as the pandemic is lifted. We're getting a more traditional release calendar and so movies have started great, shooting so again. So many great films. So, so many great films. This year has been really strong and I, I think it can yeah. hold up to twenty nineteen where we've seen lesser years recently. Yeah. Well, there won't be a film on my list that's less than four stars. I mean, I've, I've, I know I've got probably 15 four-star films, and that's just shocking. I just don't know if I have any five stars. i I, I got to go back sure. and look through my list and see if anything really, really just blew me away. Now, if you're like me, though, your stars shift all the time. Uh, they do There's four and a half I bumped to five. There's yep. four and a half I bumped to four. Yep. Uh, yeah, I had a film. I just went back and was looking at my list today. I won't say what it was, but I had it at four stars, and I'm like, that really wasn't a four-star film. <laughs> It was a three and a half star film. <laughs> That's just I need the way you feel that day. <laughs> you, know? you know, but but at the time I reviewed it, I was gung ho about that film, four stars, and I'm like, "That's not a four star film." <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Anyway, Adam, been a great episode. How can folks find us again on the Film Coterie? Uh, we are at Film Coterie, just about anywhere you could have a handle. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search that. Google Film Coterie, and you'll find us. We're on all the major streaming platforms, podcast platforms. We are out there. Absolutely. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. We'll see you guys next time. 